Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sanctified Savage podcast. My name is Al Westerman, and today we have a really special day. This is something I've wanted to talk about for a very long time now, but I wanted to kind of get some roots underneath me so that I know more about what I'm talking about. It's something that has literally changed my life. And I found someone else who it had made a massive difference in their life as well. And so today we want to talk about it. So I have Isaac Lehman with me. Isaac, say hi. Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks, Al, for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for coming. And so Isaac and I just spent some time um, working out together. We showed each other some exercises because we both found knees over toes, guys. So I've had bad knees for 10, 15 years now. And you've had bad knees for yeah, at least at least we're going on eight years. Yeah. Eight years. Okay, so since you were like eleven, yeah, we found knees over toes guy, and it has absolutely changed our knees. And so we just wanted to share today about where we were at and the difference that it's made in our lives and some of the basic concepts in this. So, um, without any further ado, let's. Let's get into it. Let's get right in. Dive. All right. So you were saying around 11 years old, you started having knee problems? Yeah, it might actually be more like 12 or 13. But yeah, so I was uh, probably grade grade 7, grade 8. And I, uh, well, I think what started was I had a massive growth spurt. Okay. I think it was about mm-hmm. five or six inches within almost, you know, under a year, eight months or so. Mm-hmm. And uh I started noticing I well I'll just say I played I played uh volleyball in uh both in and outside of school and it's a lot of jumping a lot of uh heavy load on your knees and I kind of noticed in that time frame of grade 8 to grade 9 that uh I just felt pain in in both knees but more specifically my left knee um and kind of long story short it just um it turned out that it was more than just knee problems, but it was uh, feet problems and ankle problems and all wow. that. Uh, but yeah, like that's kind of where my story began. And uh, I you know along with that, there were kind of some some ligament issues. Uh, you know, big one is ACL mm-hmm. uh, strains, uh, PCL, MCL. I had a lot of problems with that meniscus. Yeah, you know, you name it, whatever's in the knee, I had that problem. And, yeah, uh, yeah, that's pretty significant, dude. It is. I think um, the good thing it was there, there was no like tearing of ligaments. Okay. It was mostly just strains. Okay. Um, and you know, the big one that I fought with was patellar tendon, the patellar tendon strain. Yeah. Which is just you know that tendon from your patella to your tibia, and your patellar femoris as well, right? Yeah. So patellar femoral. Um, I've had that. Yeah. I was diagnosed with that in grade 10. Basically it's just uh, a knee tracking disorder mm-hmm. where, um, some of the, the, the outside quadricep muscles are kind of, um, you dominant. know, the more dominant, uh, than your inside quadricep muscles and it forces your kneecap to kind of come outside of its tracking causes some discomfort and pain, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever you name it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then you also had uh, some patellar tendonitis, you said? Yeah, so uh, jumper's knee, I guess, is the common, <laughs> sure. uh, you know, what it's referred to as. And it's just, it's a, especially when you're playing like a sport like volleyball or totally. basketball. Volleyball's got to be aggressive. It's terrible. And, yeah. uh, I, you know, I just remember being in agony after practice or, you know, mm. even before warm-ups because really? uh, 
you know, before the adrenaline kind of kicks in is when you notice it. And, yeah. Um, and stuff then you like had like that. the dull ache the next day. Oh probably. yeah. And, or uh, a solid ache. And I could, you know, kind of re- remember times when it was like, I wish I had a wheelchair. It was that bad. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's kind of my story and where, you know. And is it, sorry, is that common? Like a lot of your contemporaries have that? Um, well, you know, I guess for me, it was like, it started with feet problems mm-hmm. and uh because you know i have flat feet i should say um my doctor said that's kind of how everything started is yeah. that my I, I didn't walk correctly yeah so it forced my knees outside okay. and you know from there tracking was well bad but uh so it's not that common it's not it, that no pain like that? Uh, i mean at a high level it, yes okay. but at, at that age it shouldn't have been yeah, that, that's, that's young and, and i don't sure. know anyone my age really with the same kind of knee problems okay. i've had a few people but yeah yeah because you're still you're still quite young yeah i mean now that we're getting to like now i'm getting 19 years like i know uh a few people that have knee problems and yeah i've talked and discussed it a bit with them but yeah yeah not very not very many people yeah so my, my first knee injury when i was a bit is when I was about your age, uh, but it just kind of went away on its own. Mm-hmm. And then roughly four years ago, I, w- I was doing a pistol squat, and I uh, tore my MCL on the way up. And <clears throat> I never really let it heal. The first time I let it heal, and I was also, I was 19. Believe it or not, you heal a lot better at 19 mm-hmm. than you do at 29. I believe 31 <laughs> or whatever I was. And so... I didn't let it heal, and I kept aggravating it. It got worse and worse and worse. I actually ended up re-injuring it a couple months later for my uh, MCL and my uh, ACL and my PCL and my meniscus were all torn within the past couple years. Yeah, so that's like, for any of you that don't know the anatomy, that's like your whole knee. <laughs> yeah. You've got, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Pretty much everything. Yep. Yeah. Um. So so really bad. I probably don't think I'm supposed to have any range of motion left mm, in my knee at all. Yeah. And um, I got reconstructive surgery for my meniscus last February, February of 2021. And uh, one of the worst days of my life was when I was told by the doctor that uh, I would not be able to use my knee or to bend past 80 degrees for four months. And so I was on a walking only contract for eight months and stairs were agony for the first couple months. And then debatably an even worse day was after I'd waited those four months, I was, um, some of you know, old Dolly for the, for those in Peterborough jumping off old Dolly. I went to go sit down on Dolly and my knee popped out of socket again, which is oh. something that I thought couldn't happen anymore because my knee kept... Apparently, it doesn't pop out of socket, but it was a significant subluxation. So, it basically feels like it pops out of socket, and then I bring it in, and then it clicks back into position, and then it hurts for a couple of days. It's like a dull ache, but mm-hmm. that happened again, and I was just crushed. Uh, re-injured my knee again. Another month, basically, crutches, barely walking, and I got to a point, uh, September of 2021 where I had lost hope. I had lost total hope that I would ever be able to run again, jump again, uh, play sports again. I had, I had totally lost hope in everything. And uh, that's when I found out about Knees Over Toes Guy. So I had heard about Knees Over Toes Guy, I think April or something 
earlier of that in the year. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was stupid because you're not supposed to put your knees over your toes. And everyone knows that. But I think partially because I was at this place of no hope. And that's a place that Ben Patrick, or Knees Over Toes guy, who we're going to talk a lot about in this podcast, uh, he he really understood that place as well. Uh, I believe that I have terrible genetics physically, and that's something that he says about himself too. And so I really resonated with his message, and I said, okay, this is this is something that I'm willing to invest in. Uh, this is something I'm it's restoring hope in me and so i mean how did you find you the retos guy yeah so i guess for me i was just uh yeah i guess i was pondering over instagram uh probably about four years ago maybe three or four years ago and uh, i kind of followed some of these athletes uh, uh on a volleyball team that i you know i closely follow and one of them kind of referred to this knees over toes guy um, I guess cause he had been, um, kind of using his regimen and I just kind of scrolled through and I was like, Oh, this guy's pretty cool. Like it's got some, some unique movements and, um, and he seems like he knows what he's talking about, but I'm like, like what's different about this guy than any yeah. other guy that you watch. And, uh, and then from there, like, I kind of got my dad hooked on it. And he's kind of yeah. one of those guys that uh, when he's kind of hooked on something, he'll do some research and find out more about it. And uh, kind of got to the part where we got, got to the point where me and him kind of just uh, started trying to get to understand how um, your like the, the anatomy of your knee, mm. um, what's strenuous exercise uh, looks like versus what you know, kind of the, and we'll talk about it, the mm-hmm. whole, um, strength and length mm-hmm. kind of factor of, um, kind of pushing your body through ranges of motion with weight and seeing, yeah. seeing kind of the, uh, the difference between that and just static stretching, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. what's the actual difference there. But yeah, that's kind of how I got, uh, hooked on him. And then I, I, you know, followed him, uh, I, I read a few of his books and he has, or he has one book, I guess. And then he has also his podcast mm-hmm. and listening to that pretty thoroughly. Um, and yeah, and yeah. just so, kind of, so you started researching this kind of stuff. Is that what kind of got you into kinesiology and all that? Yeah. So, so I guess, and, and tell people where yeah. you're going. So, uh, yeah, I'll tell you guys right now. I'm uh, heading out West to Trinity Western university for, uh, their human kinetics program. So it's kind of a, uh, more general uh, program that has kinesiology kind of underlying with it and sport management. Um, and I guess I would say the whole knees over toes aspect has definitely increased my passion for kinesiology. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've always, I don't know, I've always kind of been one to love just movement and at being athletic. Yeah. I love sports. I've always got to be a um, moving and another thing is just uh, just the fact that um, with kinesiology, uh, I can you know start to understand like the 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 kind of what it takes to have the perfect mm-hmm. kind of physique mm-hmm. and mental well being as mm-hmm. well. Like it's just all well rounded with mm-hmm. that that program. 
it gets you, it gets a deeper understanding, right, as to the how things happen yeah. and the why things happen and That's interventions right. you can make. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting how interventions can make a massive difference yeah. in the human body. And so, like, yeah. let's let's get into this. So, some of his concepts there. You want to start with uh, unique movements because Ben has some unique movements. Yeah. So. Uh, that's the kind of the, one of the first things that, that popped into my head for me when I, when I started seeing this guys that, uh, you walk into any gym nowadays and just look at these, like, look at everyone doing, uh, you know, basic, basic leg movements like squats or deadlifts, lunges, uh, Bulgarian split squats, you name it. Uh, those are all to me, you know, common movements that a lot of people do, but Ben Patrick, he seems to kind of find a way or find certain um, isolated movements mm-hmm. that have either a better or more significant benefit to um, kind of working on a muscle group mm-hmm. uh, than than you would think. And so, you know, he's got different different movements like uh, a Nordic extension or tibialis interior raises. Um uh, and yeah, like other like the ATG split squats. And- so the ATG split squat would be a good example of like um because you work through different ranges of motion. That's right. right. Yeah. So for those that don't know, an ATG split squat is basically you exaggerate you stand an exaggerated step, uh, meaning that your foot is further ahead than it normally would be in a step, and then you basically bring your butt down to your front heel. And you try to keep your back knee off the ground. It's it's quite hard to do, but you also you work through to about 165 degrees of range of motion versus a regular squat, which is people go about 90 or maybe some people go up to about 100, 100 110 yeah. maybe. Um, and and what's really interesting about that you're talking about unique movements is that it preferentially works the VMO, which is your yeah. vastus medialis. And you were saying earlier that you had uh, patellar femoral syndrome and that was actually mitigated yeah, by that's right. preferentially treating your uh vmo yeah yeah which, so which sound, now that sounds really complicated so break that down a little bit so so basically uh the vmo it's on the uh interior of your quad so it's the 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 kind of run parallel with uh your 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 other quads but they're on the inside of your legs and the, the reason that a lot of people have, including me, had an underdeveloped VMO was because um, the way you walk or if you have flat feet, sometimes, um, you know, you you bend your knees inward towards yourself or outward. And for me, it was a little bit more inward, um, which has more kind of stress on the outside of your quadriceps. Okay. So basically, long story short the outside of my quadriceps, so the opposite muscle of my VMO, was pulling my kneecap, on my left knee specifically, further out so that it was kind of out of its tracking, its regular tracking course. Yeah. And that kind of caused a lot of discomfort, you know. Yeah. Stuff like that. Telephomoral syndrome. Yeah. So, So that's a unique movement because you almost never see anyone go past... 110 degrees. That's so right. going past 140 works your VMO, yeah. which helps stabilize your your knee in that way. Yeah. Uh, another one you mentioned is a tibialis raise. Now, what a tibialis raise is is you have your foot, the bottom of your foot, weighted, and then you pull. It's it's basically the opposite of a calf raise. Instead of pushing 
your foot away from you, uh, which would be a plantar yep. uh, plantar flexion. Yep. It's um, <clears throat> you pull it towards you, which is a dorsi dorsiflexion. Dorsiflexion. Right. Yep. Right. So it's a it's a dorsiflexion that's weighted, and it works the front, uh, like near your shin muscles. You actually have muscles on the uh, outside of your shins there, and so you work that. Now that's something that almost nobody works. So what is the benefit? Of, of working that is it works through weak links. We're going to be talking about holistic stability a little bit later on, but it works through the weak link. So mm -hmm. that is a really unique movement. Also, yeah. another one would be uh, a reverse squat or yeah. like a, a hip lift, yeah. which is, again, you weight your foot and then it's the reverse of a squat. You bring your knee up as knee high up as you can. up to your chest almost. Yeah, basically. basically. Yeah, and so you you work your hip flexion in the opposite way that you would in a squat. Mm. Uh, there, are, so we could go through a whole lot of yeah. the different exercises that Ben Patrick does. We'll just recommend, yeah. as we probably will I guess the, times. the basic thing that Ben why he does these unique movements is because mm. he believes that if you want bulletproof knees, it starts from your foot and it goes all the way up on basically to your lower back. Yeah. And there's, there's so many different types of muscle groups that if you work ice, if you isolate them or if you work with them together, uh, it, it helps stabilize everything through from your glute all the way down to your feet. And with mm -hmm. that stabilization, you don't rely on your patellar tendon that much. And that's why a lot of people have knee pain is that a certain muscle group is kind of, a weak link mm -hmm. in the chain. Mm -hmm. So your patellar tendon is the automatic thing that has to work harder mm -hmm. for every, for every person. Mm -hmm. So that's just kind of why you, well, need and, and we can break that down too. Yeah. Like, so you're talking about jumper's knee. Yep. And so if you are, if you're jumping and your uh, let's say your ankles are weak, your tibialis is weak, uh, your calves are weak, your soleus, which is another muscle down yep. there. If those things are weak, Instead of the load being spread through that, which has sufficient to yep. sufficient strength, it's going to go more pain, it's going to go more up. force, more shock is going to happen to your knee. Same thing yep. with your hips yep. and, your, and your lower back and your glutes. If they're weak, you're going to have more force and more um, destructive force at that yeah. happening in your knee. And so that's why you can see patellar tendonitis happening and that's why you can see jumpers needs be it's because we aren't working these little yeah. less glorious muscles that's right and i think the big thing is that your your muscles and your legs are supposed to help absorb mm -hmm. a, a jump absorb any sort of mm -hmm. physical motion right and a lot of people if there's kind of a weak link then that absorption becomes more of a problem with your knee because um, other other muscle groups have to work harder, and then from there it just kind of creates imbalances. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So so that that's why that's one of the reasons why unique things, uh, unique movements are very essential. And yeah, like I said, it's not as glamorous. No, but I mean, when you've been on the other side of pain, and if you're listening to this, it's very possible that you are on the bad side of pain where you're in significant amounts of pain maybe it's your knee maybe it's your feet maybe there's some sort of a weakness in your body you don't really care like i only work mm. out my upper body 
once a week typically mm-hmm. because I don't care. Yeah. I used to be able to do 20 pull-ups. I can't do that now, but I don't care because I can jump now and it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. So working these unique movements builds strength from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so another thing that Ben does probably more than anyone in, and definitely endorses more than anyone is sled. That's right. So you start your workout with 10 minutes of sled. Yeah. So uh, actually, yeah, the reason I do that is because Ben said it on one of his podcasts. And basically the sled, so the sled is like basically you're, you either push it or you pull it. And the idea for uh, the knees over toes uh, movement is it's a backward sled. Mm-hmm. So you're pushing instead of going toe heel front, it's like walking backwards. Um, and, and what I do is I put a, a band on my waist and I hang it over the sled. I put some poles on it. You put it in and you just walk backwards and you're kind of extending your quad and then you're curling your hamstring mm-hmm. and your full kind of the full range of motion. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can do whatever weight you want because really it doesn't matter the weight. It's an we're interesting moving, movement. Yeah, we're moving the machine. The machine's not moving us, yeah. right? And so we have total control over that. They call it reverse out knee pain. And it's been massive. I do mm-hmm. it every day. Yeah. Like six, I should say six days a week. I do roughly five minutes of, I have a treadmill in my shop that I push back. Mm-hmm. I do it for five minutes pretty much every day. And that's been that's been so 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 helpful. And and the other thing about the the sled is it it doesn't have to be a sled, right? Sure. Uh, I know Ben kind of refers to walking backwards on the beach because there's kind of Wonderful. a cushion there. Uh, that's a great one. Strengthening or, for your feet too. Exactly, and uh, even just kind of having some sort of weight, some sort of just a little bit of resistance mm-hmm. is enough to kind of get your quads activated in a way that they're not used to. Mm-hmm. Well, and even um, uh, you know, an ex-colleague of mine, uh, his wife had a, a fall, and she's got some medical conditions and yeah. stuff like that. And so I recommended to him, and actually her physiotherapist recommended to her walking backwards, but because she's she's not elderly, but she's older yeah. and, and a little more fragile, to have him walk with her like holding her elbow and kind of keeping her so even if you start with zero weight walking backwards is really good it's called Mm -hmm. again reversing out knee pain yeah walking backwards is an absolute excellent place to start if you do nothing else that we say try to walk backwards pull something backwards if you can only pull one pound pull one pound yeah but reversing out knee pain is absolutely huge and and uh, a little history lesson i learned this on one of his podcasts too is Mm -hmm. that um, it, which, it was an ancient Chinese trait mm-hmm. to walk backwards, and I don't know if you know anything about the Chinese, but they, uh, the average life expectancy during that time for them was like uh, 75, and that was in, I think, the 16th century, okay. which is beyond, because, you know, uh, people would not survive past 50. Yeah. And so, um, so that being said, they were a healthy, pretty healthy um, society there, and yeah. Um, well, and that's health span too. There's exactly. Life span and health span. Like these people are doing deep squats. And yeah. Sitting like around the fire without chairs, just, you know, like fully, full knee bends. Yeah. And they're doing so without pain. Exactly. There's, there's health. Here in uh, Western cultures, we have a fairly big lifespan, but not a very good health span. That's right. Where yeah. we're uh, mobile and not fragile. 
That's right. Uh, so first one I want to talk about was unique movement. Second thing that we're going to talk about is strength through length. Mm. Now this is, to me, this is a really interesting uh, concept. I think about a lot of uh, a lot of people like to stretch, and if you like, if you're one of those people that like to stretch, God bless you. I don't stretch. I don't. I don't stretch ever, and I'm as flexible or more than I've ever been in my life. So what would I do instead of doing, you know, the classic toe touch, right? That's a... It's a static stretch. That's a static stretch, yeah. Sitting in one spot, you're just touching your toes, right? Right. So instead of doing that, I'll I'll have my feet elevated about six, seven inches off the ground, and then I'll have weights in my hand, and I try to touch the ground. So I go down as far as I can. I'm going through my full range of motion that my hamstrings can tolerate, and not only am I doing strength, uh, sorry, lengthening my muscles as far as they'll go, but I'm adding strength at every one of those degrees. Mm -hmm. You're able to maintain and hold a range of motion far better and become more flexible. Yes, when you're adding strength to it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have tight hamstrings and they feel that the reason they do is because their hamstrings aren't flexible enough so they'll try to do static stretching maybe ballistic stretching well your hamstring is effectively a bicep now if your bicep was sore what would you think the reason was you'd probably think your bicep was sore because you worked it so a lot of people are putting more load on their hamstrings like people who run people who play soccer they're putting more load on their hamstrings than their hamstrings are actually able to tolerate Mm -hmm. and they think the answer is flexibility I think the answer is weakness. Mm-hmm. I think that they're having, they're going through length, but they're not adding strength through that length. So they're not actually able to solve the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. Adding strength through that entire range of motion is a uh, is is a massive. It's, it's like a it's like a method to recovery. Also, if we think about the ATG split squat. So again, look up knees over toes guy on Instagram or YouTube, and he will show you many videos on how to do an ATG split squat. If you watching, if you watch him do it, you will see him bring his knee to a full extension. Your knee and the synovial fluid that goes through, which is fairly healing, yep. only go to which the angle at which it's exercised. Is that correct? That's correct, yep. Yeah, so when you're adding strength through that entire range of motion, even if it's not a lot, like I I just worked my way up to adding 10 pounds. So I have 10 pounds in each hand when I do an ATG split squat. That's not a lot of weight, but I'm adding strength through that entire range of motion. Mm-hmm. One of the sayings he has that he really likes is you win in the last quarter, like a, like a basketball right. term, right? Like you win in the last quarter, the last quarter of your range of motion is where you get those wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you have any thoughts for strength through length? Uh, no, I think you were bang on there. Uh, the only other thing I'd have to say about it is that uh, just the fact that people uh, or, uh, you know, people that don't fully understand the whole kind of concept of strength and length, mm-hmm. uh, basically, it doesn't have to be a significant amount of weight. 100 right? you you work you start at the bottom you work your way up yep any any gain is a big gain mm-hmm. right uh, but what it's doing is it's giving your your muscles it's, it's like a muscle memory thing over time your muscles will start 
and your hamstrings especially, they'll start to get more flexible. Why? Because you're putting some sort of resistance on it and using your full range of motion mm-hmm. to help that muscle kind of uh, grow or just get used to a stress mm-hmm. and st- strenuous exercise. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and maybe you're in a spot where you have significant back pain or significant knee pain. Like DM me if you want, uh, Al Westerman 811 on Instagram. I'll show you pictures of what my knee, uh, how far I could bend my knee in October of last year. Mm -hmm. It's literally abysmal. Like I could barely bend my knee, but that's where I started. And you don't have to start by doing the full range. I can actually do full range of motion Mm -hmm. split squats now. I could not go past 110 degrees Mm -hmm. in October. It, it, it looks like I wasn't trying. Yeah. It looked like it was a joke, but yeah. that's actually what I could do. Same thing with back extensions yeah. or deadlifts or whatever it might be. Do the range of motion you can do without pain. That's right. It will improve over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last thing I want to say about strength through length is a lot of people suffer with patellar tendonitis. Mm-hmm. And that basically that's foot pain, right? It's a pain in the inside of your foot. And, you know, you can get orthotics. I'm not saying don't get orthotics, but I am saying train your feet. Maybe that means walking barefoot and not slamming your heel down, but going toe heel toe. Or maybe that means walking barefoot on a beach. Maybe that means training sled, but doing a. I train when I do my reverse treadmill thing. I'm very intentional of starting at the top of my foot, mm-hmm. having my toe be the first thing that touches yeah. so that I'm strengthening my foot every single time I do a rep. That's right. So it's strengthening yourself from the ground up is adding strength through your length because patellar tendonitis, the root cause of it is weakness. It's giving, it's more load being on that tendon than your tendon can handle. And Mm -hmm. so that's where patellar tendonitis comes through. Mm -hmm. Uh, The last thing we want to talk about was holistic stability. Mm -hmm. And, and this is pretty much, it's the whole package. We we kind of mentioned it. We mentioned it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about it when we're talking about jumper's knee, how, when you have weak links in like your ankle or your hip, that can affect your knee as well. It, yeah, I think the big thing is that whatever whatever weakness you have in your legs, the rest of that pressure automatically goes to your patellar tendon. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, you know, your whole knee is affected because the ligaments have to work around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like holistic stability, it's one of those things that um, – that knees over toes guy um, really emphasizes and not a lot of other people emphasize. Um, And, and I guess the big thing is through that unique movement um, is when, is when you find that you're starting to stabilize Mm -hmm. your muscles a little bit better. Um, You're starting to realize what you're capable of in ranges of motion. And yeah, so yeah, totally. It's working on those weak lengths. It's working on, your hip strength, it's working on your lower back strength, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's working on all the things that you wouldn't necessarily work on, understanding that it's going to make a difference. So I was surprised to hear when I, when I first got knee injuries that um, there was almost nothing I could do to strengthen my knee. They mm-hmm. said, so you can't strengthen your knee, you can only strengthen the things around it. The problem is they didn't actually give me exercises or things that would strengthen the areas around it. No one actually gave me anything that helped Mm -hmm. until I started doing knees over toes. 
Yeah. So following Ben Patrick on Instagram, doing 80% roughly of the things that he endorses uh, has brought me to a point where I have I've, I have not had stability in my knees like this for, well, since before uh, I re-injured my knee. Mm-hmm. I, um, I'm now able to sit in a full squat. Uh, my, my legs have grown two inches <laughs> in the, I guess that would be circumference. Yeah, yeah, circumference. So the circumference has grown, grown, to, uh, grown two inches in the past eight months. My vertical has increased about six inches. Uh, yeah, so for in terms of numbers for range of motion, I was at roughly 110, 115, and now I'm at about 165 degrees, which is pretty well full full extension for uh, for knee. The stability that I feel. So my your thing is volleyball. My thing is dirt biking. And if you think about a foot and a knee when you're sitting on a dirt bike. Your, your foot is behind your knee, your knee is over your toes, and it's a vulnerable position, right? It's a vulnerable position to be in, and, and that's why they say don't put your knees over your toes. Now, what Charles Poliquin, who's a mentor of, of yep. Ben Patrick, yep. what he says is the knee that can go the furthest over the toes, the strongest, and the most that's the knee that's going to be most stable, so practicing doing that. So when, sorry, I, I didn't, I didn't finish my earlier thought. When I would be dirt biking with my right leg on the on the peg, sitting down, doing a corner, nothing bad happening. My knee would be in a vulnerable position, and then my knee would pop out of socket. It would just spontaneously pop out of socket. And uh, so I was not. Not only was I not able to run or jump. I now wasn't able to do the thing that I love most, which is dirt biking. And within two months, only two months of doing knees over toes, I went dirt biking again, and I rode sitting down again, and my knee never went out of socket. I've been doing it all year this year, and my knee hasn't come out of socket once. My knee feels great. Uh, 95% of the time, I still have a tiny little bit of knee pain every once in a while, but my knee has... Yeah, my knee, I'm not even working for vertical, but it's just happened to be that my vertical has improved by roughly six inches, which right. is which is extraordinary. And, and that does happen to be the case for a lot of people, even if you aren't looking at uh, improving your vertical as, as you know, your knees become uh, pain-free, mm-hmm. you're willing to exceed um, certain boundaries to get a higher jump, you know. Uh, range of motion is a big part of it mm-hmm. too, and just being able to have stability in every movement or every sorry every muscle group mm-hmm. that also helps with just a, in a big well, way. And the highest jumpers are the ones that can jump without pain. Right? That's right. So yeah. if you can jump and you don't have to limit the amount of jumps that you can do, so my my part of the reason my legs have gotten so much stronger in the past eight months is because I haven't really been able to use them for the past four years. Mm-hmm. So my knees, are, my legs are still quite thin, but that's because they've atrophied because I haven't been able to use them because they've been in pain. So right. even just the fact of my knees not being in pain is giving me massive benefits. I'm also, I, some of you probably already know this, but I, I do uh, the odd nordic update I'm, I'm trying to learn to do a nordic and i've come uh, i've come a long way in that too so mm. it's some pretty fun progress so what are some of the wins that you've had yeah so i mean in terms of uh exercises that i've done 
Uh, I love the Nordic. It's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say that uh, gladly. Um, <laughs> go for it. Try it out. Um, but, you know, obviously, it's one of those ones where if you push it too much, you know, you'll feel it oh, like a little too much. So um, start slow. Yeah, start, start slow. slow. Uh, I love the, the Tib raises. Um, like, uh, like Al said, it's just the opposite of a calf raise. Um, you're doing your toe up almost, well, as far as you can go, but that one's good. Um, and yeah, just, uh, a lot of different ATG split squats, uh, with, with weights. And the big one for me is, has been sleds because, yeah. uh, you know, my, my quads are, have been the big problem, but you know, as Al mentioned to me earlier today, you know, hamstrings aren't out of the equation either. Uh, you know. All your muscle groups in your legs are are all part of the solution for knee pain. So, um, you know, take that into consideration that even if it's just one muscle group, it's better to work on all of them. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, totally. And and so, how have your knees been? How has your vertical been? That kind yeah. of stuff in, in the past couple. Right. Yeah. I guess I get the facts out. So yeah, uh, I'll start. So I did vertical testing a little bit when I was uh, you know uh, beginning of my volleyball career, grade eight to. You know, grade 10, I was, you know, terrible knee pain. It was, it was pretty bad. Um, and I would say it was about 20, 20 or 21 uh, inches okay. in grade eight. Um, in grade 11, great. in grade 11, it was more of an improvement to like 26. Okay. That was grade 11. I, that's when I started hitting these over toes a lot mm -hmm. more was grade 11 because I noticed, you know, my, it like the uh, vertical was it was getting better, but there was still knee pain with it. Mm -hmm. Like the landing was the worst for yeah, me for, for sure. volleyball. Um, just jumping up, you know, it wasn't a problem. It was just the landing, and I would always favor my left knee. But um, I always i i got to the part the point when uh, I was grade twelve, and it was about November December, and I. I did my vertical testing and I had touched 10 and a half feet. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, 31 and a half inches. Nice. And that, at that point, it was like, whoa. Like, and I had yeah. zero pain. That's awesome. And uh, now, so now I guess I'll get to the good point. I'm touching 11, one and a half. <laughs> Serious? Yeah. So <laughs> I have a 35 inch vertical. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, like I can... I can dunk a ball of basketball, uh, you know, I, would, I, would, I, would I can't palm with, with two hands. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. With two hands, two hands. I awesome. rim grazer, but I'm only, I'm only six two. So okay. I mean, but yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting to the point where minimal pain, knee pain. Uh, well, if you can touch 11 feet at six two. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So that's, and sorry, you said minimal knee pain. So you, minimal knee pain, you know, uh, like, like you mentioned, like just every once in a while, you yeah. get, you get, uh, just a, an irritation. Like a little flare-up. Right? Honestly, flare and, up. and what I have found several times is that some mornings I'll wake up or some days I'll just kind of, and it just, it just kind of feels like, you know, like I, I'm limping a little bit or it just feels a little off. Mm -hmm. And then I'll do reverse sled and yeah. I feel good as new again. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I find that it's just once you get the blood rushing, it's just yeah. it's less of a problem. I think it's, it's, so it's, again, it's reversing out knee pain. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you – what would you rate your pain before versus your pain now? 
Oh, well, like, yeah, so... I know, yeah. it's a subjective rating I, It scale, is, but. it is. But, yeah, like, I I mean, I remember doing multiple day tournaments in volleyball, and mm-hmm. I just remember the last day of being like, I don't even know if I can play. Yeah. So, and that being said, like, the, it, like, it was probably on a, a scale of 1 to 10, it was like a 7.5 or 8 pain yeah, okay, for yeah. just... Just because it was constant, yep. I would always be icing my knees. Yep. And, you know, when I was grade 10, 11, it really didn't matter how much I iced them. It's just, it was just terrible. And Advil and all that. Yeah. But, but now I can say, like, I I haven't really had to take any sort of, yeah. you know, painkiller or anything to, to kind of feel like it's not a crutch that mm-hmm. I'm relying on. But... Mm. Yeah, so compared to now, I don't really struggle with knee pain. No, so like a 0.5? Yeah, yeah, we could say that, yeah. 0.5. I, w- I would say about a 0.5 as well. Yeah. I mean, I, we are here today because we care. Yeah. Uh, we're we're not trying to brag about, you know, how high Isaac can jump or how good <laughs> no. of a Nordic I can do. Uh, that's, that's not our point. I'm here because I was at a place where I was completely without hope. Mm-hmm. And, and I know I said this, but this this is why we're doing this today, because I was without hope. I did not think I would ever play a sport again. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids would ask if I'd go on the trampoline with them, and I would tell them I couldn't, and it broke my heart. I, I was, it was, a, it was, it was dark. It was mm-hmm. disappointing. I, I didn't hit depression or anything like that, but it was just, it was, it was crushing. It was soul crushing. And I just want to tell you, that there is hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and obviously, Isaac and I are Christians. Our, our hope is in Jesus. That's our biggest hope. I'm not talking about that kind of a hope. I'm talking about hope for physical restoration. And I, I know Jesus can heal as well. And and, and, and he it, does. Yeah. And it's amazing. We've yeah, we've seen it. It's yeah. amazing. Uh, he also gives us strategies sometimes. And he gives us tools that we can use. And this is a tool that I have used. And I haven't experienced anything like it. Honestly, like mm-hmm. nothing has well, increased the stability and strength in my legs and knees and range of motion and flexibility like this. It's like just to get back to the things that you love to do. Absolutely. That's the that's where you get most of the kind of relief yeah. from. And like, you know, uh, for me, I like I love volleyball, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's one of my go to sports. But when, you know, I mean, one of the main things thing, is jumping. Yeah. It's like that's such a crutch that, you know, yeah. you have to. You have to rely on some some way or another, but yeah. yeah, like knees over toes. He's this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, twenty twenty one. I played literally zero sports yeah. all year. Yeah, hated it. Killed me. Uh, earlier this year, uh, I played. Uh, I think it was June or some of that. I played like three hours of pickleball one day. Yeah, and and it was great. No pain. And then the next day, I played like three hours of beach volleyball, and it was yeah. great. Zero pain mm-hmm. either day, and it was. The having that given back to me, you're totally right. It's like it gives you access, whether you can jump through the roof or not. Just being able to play the sports that you want to play, be able to play with your kids on the playground or on the trampoline. Yeah. Or I'm I'm hoping someday I can dunk with my son or yeah. dunk with my grandson. That yeah. would be unbelievable. I've never, I couldn't touch the rim. I'm six four and I couldn't touch the rim uh, last year. Like if I if I were to try to jump, I could not touch the rim. Mm-hmm. And now I can like touch it with like the bottom of my palm almost. Like it's it that so that's great. But what's better is that when I land, it doesn't hurt. 
That's right. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget that it's not, you know, those kind of measurable things. It's just, do you feel good when you're doing it? Yes. Does your body actually, can, can your body uh, absorb yes. all that? Yes. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so we hope that we have instilled some hope in you. We hope you have given you the the push or the encouragement mm-hmm. to try this for yourself. Yeah. Um, feel free to reach out to Isaac. Yeah, I've got Instagram. my Instagram is uh, Isaac, I-S-A-A-C, Layman, L-E-H-M-A-N, 6353. Couldn't be any longer than that. But um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, uh, if you guys are eager to want to find out, Knees Over Toes Guy yeah, on Instagram. Absolutely. Or just search up Knees Over Toes Guy or Ben Patrick online, and you'll sure enough find him. He... Uh, he knows what he's doing. He's got, you know, he's got a big crowd following him now, so it's not hard to, to, uh, or it's it's easy to find. So, yeah. No, he, he's the real deal. Yeah. All right, when well, we're signing off for today. Yeah. Stay savage. <laughs>